0: Yeah, yeah, here we go. Thanks, Doc. Right, so, um.
1: Once again, welcome and thank you for joining uh, for today's talk. Uh, on the agenda we'll be doing, I uh, will just handle a, a quick introduction and uh, a greeting and a welcome of everybody. Uh, I'd like to then hand over to uh, to Quentin, who will uh, just give us a quick direction on the uh, functional area of project management within within Moyle. And just give us an alignment in there uh, in that regard. Uh, thereafter, I'd hand over to uh, Dr. Ludwig, who's going to take us through the the topic of discussion today, which is um, the synergies and amalgamation of uh, AI uh, or um, AI and project management. And uh, we'll just end off the session with a uh, with a quick feedback uh, survey on uh, how everyone found the session today. Um, Something that I that I felt uh, quite strongly to include today as well is uh, just a quick safety share, um, and uh, that safety share I'd like to, to to just make around number one the the cold fronts that uh, we're currently experiencing uh, within within the country, and uh, with that obviously brings a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, behaviours where where we we're, uh, we're pull either pulling out our our extra uh, electric blankets, our we we're heating up our fireplaces, uh, pulling out the. Um, The heaters that we potentially haven't used since last year this time and uh, together with that my concern goes out to to um, uh, just those behaviors and uh, just asking that we remain mindful of uh, of those practices. So if you if you're taking out a heater that you haven't used in in a very long time to make sure that all of it. All of its electronics is working fine. Uh, that the plug points are fine. If you have any frayed wires, uh, anything like that, to to make sure that that those are all repaired before using those items. Uh, those are, are generally. Um, uh, areas for for uh quick fires electric shorts and electric fires and uh, when how quickly those can can catch on within our homes uh bedding curtains uh wooden floors cupboards at those they they take off very very quickly so just very very important uh just around the the safety of um, of ourselves, our family members, those closest to us. Um, if, we, if we just ensure that we, we follow correct practice in that regard, uh, making sure to, to switch those items off when not in use or when someone is not in the room, um, and also ensuring that you've got proper ventilation when having um, either fireplace fires or uh, any other form of, uh, of heating that you are using that can consume uh, the oxygen in the room. Uh, very, very important if, if we can all uh, just remain cognizant of that. Um, and on that, uh, does anybody have anything that you'd like to add by way of safety share? Right. Um, then, with that, I'd like to uh, hand over to Quentin. Uh, Quentin, uh, if you would like to address us. <coughs>
2: Yeah, thanks Justin. Um, Welcome everybody. I think this is most certainly a personal interest that I have in this topic so I'm very excited to also hear and get some ideas as to how this works um, and how we can incorporate it. I think from a PM functional area within the organization, this is definitely aligned with our strategy and roadmap. It's already part of the discussions. Um, that we are having. And I think one of the key points that stands out for me is we've often heard that the new kid on the block is adaptability, specifically during this pandemic, that we need to be adaptable, we need to be flexible. But I think if we take a step back and we look at what the TQ actually means for us is, is our ability to integrate the use of technology so that we can actually, through the use of technology, enable the adaptability that we talk about and the adaptability that we need. I'm not during this pandemic um, alone. I think just in this whole transformation towards a more digital world and in the broader society, just being more adaptable in our approach, specifically to project management in this instance. So certainly looking forward to this. In terms of the function as um, project management within Moyo, most of our Moyo colleagues would have probably heard we refer to the VAC. The VAC is is not the vaccine, we're not there yet, um, but hopefully we'll, we'll offer that soon. But it's our value assurance center, right? And I think this is part of the value creation Um, that we are after. And as part of the processes that we're going to embed, we're going to certainly look at these concepts more of how we integrate AI specifically. Um, And and those are all of the smaller things that I think elevates and lifts the abilities and the skills required for the the DNA of a new project manager in the future. I think the days are, are gone where project managers are or just looking after a schedule and and managing project level risk, I think we are we are certainly heading towards a bit of a shift in the thinking, and these technical skills, in other words, the enabling of interpreting data, and utilizing mechanisms such as AI to interpret data and predict is definitely on the list of core skills that our project managers needs and we are going to empower and enable our project managers to do just that so not gonna steal more time <laughs> than that from this from this discussion so thank you very much justin
1: thank you so much quentin um no, absolutely that uh, you know that there's a definite um a synergy and alignment um in terms of what it is more your stands for what it is uh, more Moyos A roadmap is and um, this that which uh, Dr. Ludic and Cortex logic bring to the table. Um, just before I uh, do a formal introduction of of uh, Doctor Ludic, uh, f- there are any uh, first time members or guys who are not part of the uh, project management community of practice if you'd like to join I ask that you uh, connect with any one of our of our working group members um, i will we will share this with uh, with the moyo community again um, but there's a number of of uh, individuals that you can reach out to we've got a teams uh, page that that you're able to uh, join on and uh, we'll involve you in in our practices going forward And on that note, it brings us to the time where we get to hear from from our esteemed guest uh, Dr Jacques Ludic Dr Ludic is uh, the founder and current CEO of cortex logic um, who, which is an AI um an AI company uh, dr Ludic is a is a smart technology entrepreneur an expert and a founder of multiple AI uh, companies an author and author of the book uh, democratizing artificial intelligence to benefit everyone and um, the list goes on so I'm not going to try and and rattle off uh, all of dr Ludic's um, accomplishments and uh, qualifications um, more than to to just say this, when I met with uh, with one of Dr. Ludwig's, uh colleagues, Charles Peterson, who's on the line with us as well, there was an immediate uh, synergy and an and immediate realization that that which their organization stands for is uh is very much in line with what our leadership and directorship stand for and and how moyo came about and uh what stood out uh, especially for me was uh, was at the end of dr Ludic's um uh his his portfolio his profile thank you doc um it speaks of it speaks of his is uh how is massive i think we i lost a word there doc um Massive transformative purpose,
0: yeah. Yes. massive transformative purpose. I think I you accidentally can't. deleted that. When when, when speaking. The words of transformative <laughs> transformative purpose. So so, Dr. Lurik's transformative
1: purpose is to help shape a better future in the smart technology era, and specifically to help businesses and society thrive, and to help transform Africa. And uh, doc, if if uh, Charles and and Con have not shared with you yet, um. Just the name Moyo, our organisation. What it stands for is, is is it means heart, right? So Moyo Moyo translates to heart, and and that which we stand for as an organisation is is really just towards transforming society and creating a better South Africa and essentially a better Africa, um, yeah. as we venture out into into the world. So so I think um, you know that for me was was just very very important over and above the the, the skills and and everything else that we bring to the table is the why the why was very important. And on that note, I, uh, I'd i like to hand over to you, Dr. Luddick. I'm going to stop sharing. I'm going to ask you to share, and uh, you can take us through um, your view on artificial intelligence
0: and uh, and project management. Fantastic. Uh, Justin, thanks for that fantastic introduction. Uh, I just want to make click. My, can you see my screen? <clears throat> yes, I can. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, so without further ado, I'll go ahead. Um, I, I just want to say, um, yeah, my massive transformative purpose and the companies and even the nonprofit organizations um, that I'm involved in is really how to shape that better future in the smart technology era. We want all of society to thrive, businesses to thrive. Um, and How can we use smart technology to help enable that? Not the other way around. So, so I'll, I'll speak a little bit about that. Uh, obviously I referenced that in the book as well. We can keep this also interactive, so I'll go through the material. Um, if you want to ask questions, you can pose them in the chat as well. Um, there will hopefully be time afterwards as well. If it's um, important questions, uh, I'm happy to address. I like to keep things super interactive uh, as well. And there's a lot to, to cover here as well. So without further ado, let me quickly go start here. Um, so, you'll probably find this on my website and linkedin uh, where i talk about the things that i'm involved in and and i actually the massive transformative purpose is straight at the top they're shaping a better future in the smart technology era and when i talk about the smart technology era i think some people refer to it as the fourth industrial revolution Uh, but it's more than just industrial it's it's really we see the impact of smart technology on our lives and and i will talk a little bit about that because even within the context of AI in project management, um, it's very important to have that context uh, in the world, in terms of the world that we live. Um, I just mentioned some of the companies, Um, Justin reference Cortex Logic, which is part of Cortex Group. Um, There's also the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa, which is a nonprofit organization that's really focused on on, um, transforming Africa through AI building capacity. We also have MICT CETA accreditation for providing data science and machine learning courses. Um, In the book, I reference sapiens.network. The book is on the right there. Okay, so I'm not gonna go into my details. You're most welcome to connect with me on on LinkedIn, on, on various social media platforms. Um, we will also make the slide deck available, uh, most of the slide deck talks about AI and specific applications of AI in project management uh, as well, but if I just look at all the things that I've been involved in, my whole career has been built on, on, on AI or AI applications, I've been involved in that effectively, but if I look at this, um, I, I see a lot of this is also like projects. Um, as well, even writing a book, or building a business, or uh, delivering a product, or delivering solutions for customers globally, in terms of what I did with Sense, with Cortex, at General Electric, at Jumo, um, it's, it's, everything is pretty much project-driven, so, um, so it's very relevant, and it's quite interesting uh, for me, having been a, um, obviously involved in AI applications and products and businesses and writing books around this, etc that you can actually apply AI also to the project management process itself. And not that I've done that a lot, but as you um, as you instrument projects and you get more data available, that opportunities opens up. So I'll be referencing uh, that quite a bit. So briefly on the smart technology era, um, the smart technology era, what is it? Um, it's, it's really, um, I think we live in a digital revolution, clearly. And and it is characterized by the fusion of new technologies, of which AI is one. There's a number of other technologies, nanotech, biotech. There's blockchain technologies that's going to be enormously uh, disruptive as well. And the combinations of these. So I'm talking about the fusion of these new technologies. And they are blurring the lines between the physical, the digital, and the biological worlds. And it's really impacting everything. Disciplines, all disciplines, economies, industries, and, and I think uh, very importantly, we also stand in f- we, with, with this opportunity here for us to redefine or to think about what it means to be human and to, to make sure that we use smart technology in the right way, not the other way around, that it it's actually serves us. Um, and I'll talk about that. And I actually covered this quite a bit in the book, this whole chapter that's dealing with um, what it means to be human in the 21st century and uh, thinking about our own massive transformative purpose. Thinking about the massive transformative purpose of humanity. I, have, I even have uh, proposals in that regard as well. Okay, so um, we know, I've already mentioned that it, it is affecting and it will uh, affect our lives and work and play and the way, the way we interact and relate to one another. It will affect that in fundamental ways. Um, and um, it would be very, uh, that's why we need to be responsible in terms of how we want to utilize this technology. Um, with wisdom. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna, uh, this is a a slide that's actually from SoftBank uh, originally. I've just customized a little bit, but it's it's quite informative because on the x-axis we see time, on the y-axis we see value, and it's typically in this case business value, and from Uh, You can extract quite a bit of value, obviously, initially, if you look at the history of humankind from agriculture, fishery, metals, etc. Then, on top of that, uh, sorry? Okay. Um, And then, on top of that, um, I think there's the industrial financial world uh, where we are industries and sectors where we uh, unlock tremendous value. And then from 1995 to 2019, we see the the internet era, and what we see now. It was quite interesting when when I sold my first IA company, General, General Electric, 2011. That previous decade um, was 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 really where you see the oil and gas companies and the companies of the likes of General Electric and so forth being dominant. Um, but then since then, you see the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles, all these kind of companies, internet-driven companies coming to the fore. And, and being the, the dominant players um, in, the, in the world. Now, if you think about the internet as well, that's also part of instrumenting the world, um, generating a lot more data around people, around uh, processes, et cetera. And I'll be talking about this towards the latter part, but the moment we generate a lot more data with, with sensors, um, with phones, with social media, with the internet, it opens up the door for AI technologies such as AI that thrive on data um, to unlock tremendous a, a lot more value. And AI is actually just a proxy for smart technology. There's other smart technologies that's benefiting from this as well, but, but AI is probably the, the most um, impactful one, and, but it's all integrated. For me, I'm looking at smart technology. That's why I talk about the smart technology era. And this slide is just illustrating that fusion of technologies because it's not just ai it's biotech neurotech nanotech uh all these other things coming into play 3d printing robotics drones etc and it's because of those combination of technologies our toolbox our smart technology toolbox has effectively become a lot uh, bigger and more impactful so we can do a lot more. Um, it opens up the doors in terms of so many things that we can do. So, so that's why it's so so important. And that's why we also see the speed of technology change also accelerating. And, and as humans, we are used to seeing, um, experiencing time as linear, but that's why we are surprised when we see exponential changes or exponential events happening. Um, Now back to business, Um, if you you think about project management and you think about business and you want to see how can business and project management in general benefit from smart technology, for me it always starts with the business value drivers and obviously with a project, project management is about what is those outcomes of that project. Um, You can also define um, the, the business, the project value drivers effectively as well and across business um, it's really and this is where AI and smart technology can benefit uh, and can make a difference as well so if you look at those business value drivers you can increase productivity you increase revenue you can reduce risk and you can lower costs now this is within the business context but this is absolutely relevant within a project context as well Um, so it's all about increasing operational efficiency effectiveness and revenue Um, if it's and and the way I'm looking at the world if you look at the and I also uh, uh, categorize it like this in the book as well, you get the consumer-facing world, so you can do project management within a, confu- conf- a consumer-facing business setup, but then there's also project management and businesses in the specifically in the industrial sector. Now, if, if you're in the industrial sector, then it's all about throughput, uh, increasing yield, quality. If if you're engaging with consumers and customers, it's about cross-selling, upselling, recommendations, all of those type of things. With any business, there's opportunities to increase the automation, uh, improving the um, processes, the equipment availability, especially in the industrial space. And then you want to reduce risk. And and, and obviously there, it's about process and equipment failure. It's about, if you look at consumer-facing businesses, it's about customer churn. You don't want your customers to churn. If you think about fraud, waste and abuse, that's a risk, clearly. And then the other big one is cybersecurity. That affects pretty much all businesses because as the more we digitize businesses, there's a major risk on the cybersecurity front. So you you need to cover that. Um, And then on lowering costs, you want to eliminate redundancy. This is all relevant for project management as well. You want to uh, obviously look at your energy and raw material usage, your operations and maintenance. So those are typical things, business value drivers. But then also, with data, the more data you create, there is also strategic value, um, where you can actually have faster, better, more proactive decisions, again, for a business relevant, but also from a project management relevant. Um, And then also, um, because of the data, data is the new oil, it's it's an incredible asset, actually. And based on that, you can also create new business models, new revenue growth opportunities, um, better collaboration, uh, innovation, smarter R&D and forecasting, those type of things. And then if you think about customer or consumer-facing businesses, you've got enhanced customer experience, targeted sales and marketing, that's all made possible by real-time, on-demand, digital, personalized service delivery, assistance, and advice. And this is where things like even intelligent virtual assistants, and I'll be talking about that within a project management context as well, comes into play. Um, But again, the, the things around enhancing efficiencies, reducing process times and costs, targeted sales and marketing, and all of this is based on a 360-degree insights about the customer. So, so this kind of uh, these three buckets kind of just summarizes some of the the value that can be unlocked for businesses, and I believe also for for projects. I think as we move forward in this smart technology era, we we need to realize that the world that we've entered here, we see. Uh, different types of intelligences where smart technology can be applied in different ways. So it could first of all assist. It could also augment and it could also be just purely autonomous, especially if you think about self-driving cars or you think about portfolio optimization, uh, trading, those type of things. And I'm giving some examples here as well. Um, So assisted intelligence is typically where the nature of the task don't change and tasks are automated and humans don't, don't learn and machines learn. So that's assisted intelligence. And you can apply it to machinery, processes and factories, boilers, ovens, etc. Augmented intelligence is where you can actually use, and this is where uh, specifically in project management context, it's also relevant. Business strategy analysis using machine learning, smart clinical decision support. So you can actually use it for decision support also in project management. And here the nature of the tasks do change. Uh, Humans inform machines, machines inform humans which is then different from autonomous intelligence where machines learn continuously and decisions are automated, uh, et cetera. So we are on this man machine intelligence continuum. There's also different ways of looking at exactly that, where you can say human in the loop and human not in the loop. So there's two categories there. And then you can say it's hardwired specific systems where you can see more the assisted intelligence and pure automation of, of very specific tasks. And then on the bottom here, you get more adaptive systems where it's really about augmented intelligence uh, and and autonomous intelligence. Um, Then um, I want to quickly talk about uh, just briefly before I get into the specifics of AI specifically and then AI in project management. Just want to talk about the the AI driven digital transformation catalyst to generate business value and this is really a very important from a project management from a business perspective if you think about digital transformation or AI driven digital transformation there's really five elements of successful AI transformations and it always starts with the the intent the strategy the use cases the sources of value so that goes back to the business value what, what do you, and if you even if you think about project management what is the specific objectives of the project the outcomes um, those 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 are very very important to be clear on that um, but then then the other four of the five is very important so data technology process and people and we shouldn't forget about any of these especially when you implement data and use data and you implement technology um, what is the impact what is the effect what is the impact on processes uh, what is the impact on people um, so it's very important to look at those kind of things. And if you want to accelerate the the, the path to value generation, you look at time on the ax- axis here and you want to bring it back, then you need to look at all all of these um, in, in uh, holistically as well. So you need to look at data availability. You need to look at your technology, the tools, the platforms, the distributed computing. You need to look at your people as well, the skills availability, but also the impact that what the change that you are bringing to the to the fore, what's the impact on people? And you wanna make sure that the organization is also aligned in terms of this. You can't just willy-nilly or just apply this without thinking about um, the impact as well. And then the process and change management, super important. So you can think about this in a responsible way. Um, And here I'm breaking down in a bit more detail. so I'm not going to go too much detail in the interest of time, but it's worthwhile. I'll share this deck anyway, so you will, you can go into more details here as well. Um, but what I maybe would just want to emphasize, we think about people in terms of open culture and organization. You want to adopt open collaborative culture. Um, uh, we want to build trust in AI insights and, and systems, and you want to reskill the workforce to ensure complementarity. So you can actually work in symbiosis with the AI, with the AI driven systems as well. So I think that, that, that is very, very important. Um, the, this is something that I've used over the years in various companies, even in Sense, General Electric, um, uh, also at Jumo, and also obviously in Cortex Logic and as part of the Cortex Group, um, and, and the businesses that we have there as well. I think it's very important, you can look at the five pillars, uh, the intent, technology, people, data and process, and then you can look at your own maturity and how you actually improve on on that. Um, And what you typically can do, you can define five stages for each of the five pillars. You can say, am I in an adult state um, with regards to intent, process, data, people, technology or opportunistic or repeatable or managed or optimized state? And then you can actually if you map this, you can actually see how you go from maybe where everything is ad hoc to where everything is optimized or at least managed. Um, And and this is just defining that. So it's a useful structure to think about things, um, all the different components that are important. Um, You might be good with Uh, technology or data but not with people or process Um, or maybe your strategy is 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 maybe also ad hoc um, and also not optimized so so it's i think it's a useful way of looking at at this um i'm just going to interest of time going to move on to the ai and then uh, project management specific examples so so what is ai um i know there's a lot of people here that probably know about more or less on a high level what AI is, I've got some descriptions which are also um, describing, actually in the book I'm going into a whole chapter, just going to all the different sections and details around that, um, but, but really AI is the capacity for a machine to reason, to perceive information with data, solve, optimize, prioritize, reach conclusions, and there's another part of it where I think some people Like, say, Max Techmark in Life 3.0 talks about achieving specific goals. Just the ability of intelligent agents to achieve goals um, is is showcasing um, artificial intelligence. For me, that's a very important part of it, but but I think it's more than just that. So it's like the cognitive processes of machines. It is the ability to learn, to recognize, to analyze and make decisions uh, as well. Um, And there is a learning process in this machine. So we typically talk about that as machine learning, and that is a subset of the the broader AI field. So just to summarize and just look at it from different perspectives. So you've got your your AI agent here or AI system here, similar to uh, a a human, we need to have sensors. You need to perceive, you need to get data. So there is perception happening. Um, And then there's reasoning and learning happening. Um, so we uh, with machine learning, we do model build models, et cetera, and I'll show a little bit more about that. But then also, uh, like with a human, you do have, or other types of animal intelligence, you've got uh, effectors that can act, um, that can do some actions. You can see a wheel here and arm and so forth. But so if you think about robotics or drones or all of those kind of things, there's actions that you can take. So it's the perception, but also the actions. Um, And and basically, AI is a a machine's ability to do these things um, and obviously interact with an environment. Um, And then, so you can also look at it from this perspective where you can say it's the ability to perform certain tasks thought to require intelligence and things like logical deduction and inference. So just the ability to deduce things and make inferences, the ability to learn and adapt, Uh, the ability to make decisions based on past experience, or even we're like humans, insufficient information or conflicting information, and then the ability to understand spoken and natural language. And specifically, I think the, uh, with deep learning and so forth, we've made strides, uh, going strides forward last decade in, in that regard. Um, so if you look at the different tools, so the way I'm looking at smart technology and artificial intelligence, um, it's really a spectrum of, it's like a toolbox, and, and probably the most powerful tool and toolbox uh, is around artificial intelligence uh, is around artificial neural networks, um, which is um, very as a key uh, tool in the in the toolbox. But there's also other tools there that's very useful um, and it's horses for courses. Um, what used to be a, a very um, a powerful tool in the past uh, and also being used to, to a large extent is knowledge-based expert systems. But then there's also um, genetic algorithms, uh, specifically in terms of optimization, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well, and then even tools like Fuzzy Logic, for instance. Um, So if we look at uh, machine learning and neural networks specifically, um, you would see that AI, uh, I think it pretty much started uh, in the 1950s, where there's some early AI excitement, and then especially in the 70s and 80s um uh, machine learning became, became, began begin to flourish and then the say the last decade deep learning um, started to flourish and there were some breakthroughs and that was largely largely responsible for the, the 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 ai boom that we've seen the last decade and i'll quickly talk about uh, those kind of things as well so if you look at Uh, Artificial intelligence, it's a branch of computer science, develops machines, uh, and software with intelligence. And machine learning is is a subset of that. And it's basically systems that can learn from data. So data is super important. And then deep learning is just a a subset of machine learning or a set of algorithms in machine learning that attempts to model high level abstractions. Um, and, And I will quickly give examples of that. As well. So, so basically the deep learning recipe is lots of data, and that's exactly what we've done the last two decades, just generate enormous amounts of data. And I've got a slide just talking about that. And, and uh, I think it's also relevant from a project management perspective. We've got lots more of data to deal with. And then compute. Um, it's a lot more compute capability. Um, and then obviously there's some improvements in the algorithms specifically. That's that's so that's basically the, the deep learning recipe. And so, if you look at the driving forces, and this is interesting. If you look at this is 1986 to 2014, you can see how the world moved effectively from analog to digital in terms of just data availability. So, in in just not that long ago, most of the data was analog, and that uh, and it became more dominant digital uh, after that. So, just the world's uh, capacity to store, communicate, communicate, and, communi- and uh, communicate and compute information has been uh, has been a huge driving force and then the other one is is computational power uh, where initially we use cpus to optimize for serial tasks sequential tasks and then the gpu accelerators to optimize for parallel tasks and then we even went to tensor uh, tpus where we we actually dedicated processing units for neural nets and deep learning networks and that changed the ball game so suddenly we can do a lot more um, a lot more computational power so also if you think about traditional programming versus machine learning a a traditional program you, you enter data and you've got a program that you need to write and then it produces an output with machine learning if we use that analogy you've got abundant data Typically, um, you give it output, specifically if it's supervised learning, or at least you can specify what is the, the cost function, what is what I want what, what what is it that I want to optimize. And what it actually does is to generate a program. Program in this context is a model effectively that models input data to output data, for instance, or that learns to optimize, or learns how to recognize things, to classify things, etc. So that, that is just a different, so it's kind of a different approach. So obviously you do have code that actually generates, the, that represents the machine learning algorithms, the, et cetera, but effectively it generates a program, which, which, is, which is interesting. So if you look at the typical process there, you've got uh, typically in supervised learning, you've got labeled data. So this uh, that you feed into a machine learning algorithm that produces a learned model as you feed in data And say in this case, it's a predictive model. It could be a different type of model, but if say the model does prediction, um, uh, then that is what effective you produce. That learned model is that program that I just referred to. And then you get different types of machine learning. And the reason I mentioned this is because in the, when I look at AI and project management, I'm gonna talk about a little bit about prediction tools. I'm gonna talk about reinforcement learning or optimization. And all of this, uh, these categories are all relevant. Um, but in general, uh, machine learning could be unsupervised, uh, where there's no target, no output specifically. You just give it input data and it looks at the natural patterns within the data um, to, to determine clusters and to, to, to learn. Um, there's supervised learning, we actually provide a target uh, and it learns that input output mapping. Reinforcement learning is slightly different from supervised learning. Where you're not giving it specific output, but you're actually s- just saying that um, you're going in the right direction or not. So you're almost like you, there's punishment and reward uh, that you give, just to say you, you like warm or 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 cold. You're getting away or getting closer to the solution type of thing. So re- that's reinforcement learning. Um, that's the only signal that you provide back. And then optimization is where we actually optimize. Anything you, you obviously have a cost function and you try to optimize that cost function. Um, so so this is just another way of looking at that. Um, so supervised learning could be Monday stock prices and you pre- you try to predict Tuesday stock prices. But it could be a week ahead, a month ahead, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't just need to be like that. It could be anything we've got input data and you try to predict um, a, an output. Um, And then unsupervised learning, there's just one application of unsupervised learning, is where you've got lots of data and you actually generate lots of clusters. You can say this is the the clusters, and if you feed new data in, you can tell which cluster they belong. So it's good for even classification purposes. Um, this is just a a well-known example of just to illustrate supervised learning and how neural networks or deep learning can recognize a face. And we see a lot of these kind of applications with Facebook and oh, so many other applications um, and apps that we see and we actually feed it data there and what it does typically and this is very much on a high level how our human uh, vision system also works effectively because in our brains we also have systems and layers uh, neural network layers that's actually detecting edges and then this is like what we talk about, the high level, the, the abstractions that we're looking at. So it's actually all the way going up. So it starts very low level with edges, and then looks at noses and eyes and components of a face and then put the whole faces together. And But it's really layered like that. So we just, with neural networks, just simulate pretty much what's happening in the human brain as well. And, and because we apply lots of data, lots of compute, we've got the, the algorithms to actually do that. We, we can do things like this. And this is just one type of application. There's many, many, many others as well. And the good thing about deep learning, I think, with the older other types of machine learning, there was always a case where you don't actually get better performance if you give it more data. But with deep learning, deep learning is data hungry. So because we can give it more parameters, you can actually increase the ability to learn Um, and the performance can just go up okay uh, just before i get to the the project management specific examples other things in the toolbox is like expert systems which is uh, which you would know is it's like a knowledge base um, of facts and opinions of subject matter experts and you've got an inference engine that can work with this knowledge base and if you ask it questions um, it can provide specific answers and it's pretty much using if then type of statements um It used to be, uh, I think the problem here is, it could be brittle. Um, So the the question is how well can it generalize, but it is still a powerful uh, technique and it's still being used in so many applications still. The other one is genetic uh, algorithms, um, which is uh, like the neural networks that's mimicking what's happening in the brain. Um, uh, GAs are mimicking what's, uh, what's happening with natural biological evolution. So we get our ideas from natural systems effectively. Um, You're looking at uh, natural biological evolution processes and the social behavior of species. And we use the same kind of concepts there. So you're looking at selection, mutation and crossover and, and, and to arrive at near optimum solutions. So again, you can apply this type of technique also to project optimization, for instance, or process optimization. And then the last one that I wanted to emphasize, there's a lot more actually, is fuzzy logic. And fuzzy logic is... It's a bit more robust than pure expert systems. That's just uh, one or zero or Boolean logic. You you actually can express things in degrees of truth. So like uh, low, medium, high, or you can have many different classifications. And so you have quite a a mini valued logic that you can apply, um, which, which is quite useful. So this is also quite a powerful technique. So if you look at project management, I think, where AI is disrupting project management is, I think in the past, it was, it's kind of more process-based adherence, uh, where you get 30 to 40% project success, um, which is all useful. But I think clearly as we instrument the world and more data becomes available, we have more sensors and we we can quantify things more. We're we're going from process-based to data-driven. So it's a more data-driven model. And we're using AI to make decisions Uh, based on on data. Um, So you can now look at different types of predictions, like you can now predict uh, what's happening with this project. Uh, You can look at agile sprint prediction or risk around a project, or you can even look at stakeholder management, uh, agile projects. You can look at resource issues, schedule issues, budget issues, communication, procurement, portfolio, quality, lots of things like that. And then if you think about reinforcement learning, just to apply that concept here as well, Typically with reinforcement learning, one example is to say navigate through a maze. So so you can start there and you want to end here. And in this case, it could learn through mistakes and a mistake would be hitting a wall. So if you remember how to reach the exit, so basically you can actually use reinforcement learning to to actually help uh, uh, manage this kind of process. But if you apply this now to a project, say a self-driving project, you can also learn. So instead of hitting a wall, uh, learn to avoid common mistakes, or just implement solutions to obstacles, or always consider the end goal, uh, project objectives, and, and make sure that you are in line to actually do that. So, so that, that's an example. Another one would be natural language processing, where you can say, I can now use, say, deep learning to to look at documents. I can analyze the scope for completeness or errors. You can apply AI in that regard. Or you can say, and we see a lot of these, these applications, um, especially if you think about with even YouTube and Netflix and all these kind of things, um, uh, Amazon, the sentiment analysis. So now we can apply deep learning or machine learning to evaluate communication for positive negative sentiment. You can just put data, text data through it and it can evaluate that. Um, you can modify your communication plans based on that. And then for us, uh, virtual, intelligent virtual assistants are very important, even with Cortex Logic. We are building AI-driven um, health, wellness, and financial wellness solutions and platform plays. And a big part of that is a is an ultra-personalized virtual assistant as well. But again, for project management, you can, have, you can use virtual assistant also not only for communication, but also as a way to instrument the project. Because if people interact, it's almost like a, a way to interact in real time. Um, with the system, and as you communicate feedback on progress and how you're doing, you've got valuable information that you can mine and that you can utilize as well. So it actually serves not only as a communication tool, but as a sensor. So here I'm showing virtual assistant for project management. You can get different levels. You can start with, say, basic retrieval of information where this intelligent virtual assistant is just, if you ask it questions, it gives you answers. Uh, level two would be as, uh, one that not only just gives answers but also understands some project management concepts built in into the system, and that's what we do with uh, with uh, the AI-driven person. Or say the mental health or the, uh, uh, the the health wellness solutions that we do provide, or financial wellness, we build in those concepts, and we 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 make sure that the system understands um, some of those concepts. And again, you can do this with project management as well. And then you can link it to uh, a third level, would be to link it to machine learning and expert systems, uh, as well, where you can um, have more advanced or learning capability, adaptability. Um, Justin, I just want to make quick. Everybody's quiet. I just want to make sure everybody is still, everything is still fine. I'm, I'm going through the last parts of the the, the, the presentation. Everybody's still okay. Yep. You okay. see some okay. thumbs ups okay. coming up. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. So virtual assistant for project management. So what does it mean uh, in terms of level three? So you can ask questions like how do I reduce my budget by say 5% without changing the project end date? And that's amazing if you can ask that type of question to say a virtual assistant that's maybe have built-in knowledge around um, project management and the typical things. So you can have a logic rule set that maybe checks for contingency fund balance or reduce over time, evaluate pessimistic add estimates, review review risks, etc. You add machine learning to, to that before you actually respond um, as well. So, uh, so here are some examples. I've got five different categories here of examples, and I'll show some other ones as well. Um, ANN just stands for artificial neural network. So here is examples um, in engineering design. Uh, where a neural network can be used to select the most suitable structural system for a high-rise building subjected to wind and, and seismic uh, loads. So you can try to be adjustable, make sure it's relevant for that particular um, uh, environment and setup there. You can also apply optimization or genetic algorithms or even neural networks to optimize uh, the lifecycle costing of buildings in hot climates using different combinations of location, orientation, construction materials. So it helps to optimize using those kind of things. Uh, If you think about project planning, uh, clearly you can use expert systems or knowledge-based expert systems to provide estimates uh, of the duration and resource requirements for project activities based on that expert knowledge. Um, And then you can use neural networks also to automate sequencing of project activities based on functional requirements. So that also helps project planning um and genetic algorithms another example to optimize the schedule for uh, of construction project activities uh, to minimize the total cost and you can use fuzzy logic to help you determine uh, project priorities inside portfolio management processes and even with cost estimation neural networks could be applied there as well you can do some estimations to to, 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 to get the suitable markup to increase the possibility of winning tenders that's an application. So this is all, all examples of where um, smart technology AI has been applied to, to, to cost estimation. Uh, and then uh, also to predict possible cost overruns. You can do you apply it there as well, or you can look, you can apply fuzzy logic to look at to, to, to look at optimization of cost tra- uh, cost time trade offs in construction projects. And then on the risk management side, some examples here is what is you can estimate the probability of occurrence for project risk allowing a more accurate quantitative quantitative approach to risk analysis so that complements maybe other approaches quantitative approaches to risk analysis and uh, neural networks can also be combined to uh, with monte carlo simulation to mimic human procedure of risk evaluation and, and adaptation and this is interesting as well if uh, you're probably familiar with with the game of go and chess and all these kind of things where they actually we're using Deep reinforcement learning and Monte Carlo search to actually generate these systems that can beat any human or any other system uh, in, in in a game of Go, in a game of chess. Chess. So, just some examples of that as well. Um, and then I think uh, in terms of performance management, you can you can also use AI uh, there if you've got data around performance, uh, obviously. Um, to predict the performance of future projects based on project parameters such as project managers' competence, contractors' abilities, contracting method use. Obviously you need lots of data around different types of projects and their outcomes, but the moment you've got that, this is possible. Um, you can use expert systems also to assess claims and provide expert decisions um, and, and so forth. So you can really apply it across the spectrum um, and it's not just uh, it could be any of these kind of techniques used to for for these kind of uh, application areas. Um, there has been many or several application. I think it's still early days, uh, but as we instrument the world more, there's more opportunities to to apply AI to project management to enable better project performance. Um, and, um, and and obviously, if you don't apply it right, you can make project managers life miserable if you apply it properly you can you can you can definitely improve it um, so one needs to be sensible also in how you improve uh, use it so it's horses it's for courses and, and you shouldn't just apply it for just to um to get, get a kick out of it or just to make uh, just to say ah oh, i'm using ai you've got to make sure you're using it to actually make a difference and um, so you should always measure am i actually Going forward, oh, am I? Is it really helping me to to be more effective, uh, deliver this project more effective? Is it removing some of the mundane things, um, making it easier, making me uh, making the project more efficient, uh, etc. Okay, the last thing no. I wanted, yes. Okay, no, no, no. no, no, no. I I if
1: you say that's the last one, I was going to say I'd like to use that as as um, yes. maybe the opportunity to open up for some questions. Um just where we your previous slide, yes. um, just where where yes. where we speak of um, you know, obviously AI and uh, the potential of using it to to either make a project manager's life a little less or maybe more miserable. Um if you if you apply it correctly or incorrectly. Yes. Um, there was a uh, one question um, that asked, and if you are aware, are there any examples of um, companies that you are aware of that may have used AI in project management? So not necessarily in delivery management, but but within project management. Um, if you know of any, uh, we could maybe find some of those case studies and share it amongst each other.
0: Yeah, I think that would be good. So I would recommend towards the latter part, I actually um, reference a specific book that talks about AI and project management with specific examples. And I would recommend that book because it summarizes um, uh, uh, some of the examples as well. Um, I I know, uh, I think Amazon and some of these other companies, some of the tech giants are using AI pervasive through their business as well, and Google as well. Um, I think it's less so with some of the other companies, but the examples that I've showed here, when I talk about engineering design and so forth, those are examples of where it actually has been used for for those specific. So all the examples that I referenced here, is examples of 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 where it's it's actual applications. Um so it's early days, but you can see clearly on the engineering design. Um this 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 it depends on the obviously the the use cases but I, I think we, we are really at the bottom of the op. Uh, we, we really just started here with, with this. I, I can say from our perspective, even with my big companies and businesses and things that I've involved in, I've more used AI Obviously, in solving problems and building products and solutions, and and obviously as we uh, and, and we will as we evolve, even with our project itself, because we generate lots of data around that, um, we will also move into that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so I think it's a, it, it's really early days. It's like the Wild West, in my in my opinion, uh, around that. So I actually have, um, yeah. So maybe what I want to do is because I'm pretty much done here. Where is that? Book that I want to quickly reference. So please um, uh, look at this guy, uh, Paul uh, Baudreau. Baudreau uh, applying artificial intelligence to project management. So it's an actual book written on that, and this is one that I would highly recommend. I've I've looked at. Uh, he's actually a professor. Well, it's obviously more academic, but he's referencing very practical examples as well. Uh, in that regard so would highly recommend that to to look at that um there's not a lot of people that's i think uh, uh, can i maybe just lose the last minute or two is there any, any other questions as well on this i
1: don't see any hands at the moment i will ask either pop your questions in the um the in the chat or raise a hand. Uh, Doc, you can uh, go on to that last slide and then we'll, we'll
0: monitor will yeah, right your dog. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last section here, and I'm not going to go into much detail, I just want to say remember with machine learning and AI, it doesn't matter even what technique in the toolbox, data is super important. And um, to make it practical for you, project document. all of those kind of data is super, super important. And if you think about it depends obviously in what industries you apply it but if you want to do data mining knowledge engineering uh, the sources of data is typically machine or equipment data or process data there's organization data and there's people data Um, and and if you look at that uh, it's just example i'm just giving some examples here of machine data i think we're all aware of the types of machine data that's available there um it's Uh, So I'm not going to go into much detail there, but if you look at organizational data, there's obviously lots, depending on the different industries, various industries and so forth. Uh, Typically, what I also find, maybe just want to make a comment on this because we've implemented many um, uh, enterprise AI solutions for companies and we see that data is typically in silos. Um, and and you would you want access to typically access to all available data so you want to open it up but this is typically the characteristics of organizational data structured and silo variability and then we know people data huge especially with social media it's an unbelievable amount of data being generated uh, by people Um, and the time people spend on Facebook every day 20,000 years Um, uh, if you look at YouTube 342,000 years of video watched every month on YouTube, and that this is some stats from a while ago. So just crazy the amounts and the amount of data that we generate is unbelievable. here. and with people data, it's unstructured, fragmented, and variability. But 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 with the machine learning, we can deal with this as well. So um, so that's not a problem. Um, uh, the last thing here is just around we've got this tons of data. You obviously want to, the next level there is to make sure it's useful, organized and structured, that then becomes information. Um, when it's knowledge, it's contextualized, it's synthesized uh, and wisdom, it's understandable, it's integrated, it's actionable, and that gives insights um, as well. So so the the task that we have, even with project management and with any applic- application, is to, to, to actually um, tap into the value of data and then make more of that information, go on this, data, information, knowledge, wisdom, pyramid, effectively. Um, And this is just giving examples of that. Um, So I'm just gonna, so I think this is the last one, but knowledge discovery and data used to extract useful knowledge from large data sets of resources data to improve resource management practices. This is just showing the data mining. Uh, uh, This is again using AI and other types of analytics Um, and data mining used to improve project cost estimation and scheduling of software projects. So I think that those are, important uh, applications um, and, and maybe the, the, yeah so i think uh the benefits i think maybe we should just end with this uh automate uh, obviously it's about any repetitive tedious tasks you want to automate and um, this is where ai can help uh use historical data to perform calculations predictions improve the accuracy of results and then perform risk modeling and analysis that's another big one that i've referenced before as well And you want to increase the speed of decision making um, and then optimize the resource scheduling allocation. Those are some of the key benefits uh, areas uh, for that. Okay, so that's 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 I'm going to end on that note there, Justin. So if there's any other questions, uh, please ask. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. Thank you. I'm 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 going to shoot straight into a thank you. I know uh, a lot of guys are cognizant of time, um, especially a lot of us based at a client. Um, so so obviously trying to rush back there. But um, I think very very importantly, and as uh, as we spoke uh, earlier before this session, uh, was just to speak around uh, one of the benefits being the uh, removal of those, uh, as we call it, mundane, repetitive, uh, tedious tasks from project management, actually freeing up. The, the the project management professionals to to actually um lead projects and 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 actually do what what project managers are meant to do as opposed to being uh stuck as as either schedulers and uh, uh running through through the mundane tasks so thank you very very much i think that the, the, yes. the content um you know I'd, for, for me very very important to to thank you for trying to uh, encapsulated in forty minutes or, or fifty minutes. Yeah. I mean, this this being your life's work and 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 that which is which is fully ingrained inside you. Um, you know, to try and to try and and give it to us in sh- such a short snippet. Uh, thank you very very much. I think a lot of information, uh, a lot of thinking uh, that that the, the 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 team will have to do. Um, I know uh, if if you consider what what Quentin set out as. Um, what the the Moyo Value Assurance Centre is setting out to achieve. Um, yes. I think uh, this is probably just the as as you say, it's it's uh, we we're at ground zero of uh, mm-hmm. of our interactions and 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 our learnings. So uh, thank you very very much from our side. I want to ask uh, Quentin, do you maybe have uh, would you like to close off the session for us?
2: Yeah, sure. No, thank you. Um, thank you, Dr. Ludic, and uh, it's been fantastic. I think. Um, there's a lot of learnings for us to take from this, and certainly looking forward to uh, to collaborate on this in the future. Um, we we see a lot of potential and value in this, and we we want to play in this space very soon. So yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for all the attendance. Thank you very
0: much. Thanks, Quentin. Thanks, Justin.
1: Thank you. And for those of us that that are left on the call, I know a lot of guys are are jumping off and saying that that they will reach out to me. So um, we will be sharing uh, Dr Ludic's profile with uh, all of the attendees um, on their various means of communication to uh, get in contact with Dr Ludic. Should you want to pick his brain on on any of the uh, uh, areas that he's spoken of? I've got one uh, Dr Ludic. I will uh, speak to Stanton Clark um, at some at some point after this, and he has a question around state spaces. Oh yeah, uh, okay. and uh, cool. so 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 yeah. I think uh, we we definitely will uh, be in contact again. I know uh, as as our organisations, we're trying to to find synergies and do some some stuff together. Um, uh, Charles and uh, Tinny are, are busy liaising and trying to set that up. So we look forward to another interaction with you. Um, maybe just talk uh, to talk more about what we can do cross uh, cross organisation. Yeah. Um, but other than that, thank you for today. Today was fantastic. It was uh, really a wealth of knowledge and information that you shared with us in in such a short space of time but I think that that's really got the synapses f- um, firing and and, and wanting to, to but you're not sure what question do you ask <laughs> you know because it's going to lead to something more and, and something else so um, I'm going to I'm going to uh, close off at that point I thank everyone for uh, joining um, uh, please reach out to me if there are any questions that you have for Dr Ludic what we can maybe do is compile a list of uh, of questions and I can maybe fire that off to you, Doc, um, uh, via email and uh, we, we can maybe uh, either if we have another session or if you'd like to just respond to us via email, we can do that. Um, but other than that, thank you. We wish you uh, um, everything the best. We wish you uh, uh, to remain warm, remain safe, protect your family where you are. And uh, we look forward to uh, future engagements.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate thank it.
1: Thank you, everyone. Thank real. you very much. Thanks, Quentin. Ciao, then. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Cheers,
0: Thanks, everyone. Great session.